Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Need to Nerd podcast. I am your host, Spencer, and welcome to Need to Nerd, the weekly podcast where we have a Need to Nerd and we want to share it with you. I'm joined by my co-host, West. Say hello, West. Every time you say it's going to be a brand new podcast, I think you're to- you're announcing that our topic is going to be the band brand new. Mm. Every episode is a brand new episode of Need to Nerd. And apparently every episode of Need to Nerd is about the band Brand New. <laughs> we are not talking about the episode of Brand New this week. We are uh, getting close to finishing up our series on Korra. That will happen probably in the next couple weeks. But this week we are doing Season 3 of The Good Place. And I'm hyped for it. It's going to be so nice for our future listeners when they just get to listen to all those right in a row instead of having to wait until Spencer finishes watching television shows. To be fair, to I've been be done with, with this um, for a while. It's possible. This one was me. This is the first one ever that was me. Yeah. Uh, to, but also, like, I, I think that it's possible that in the future, if their shows are, like, as short as Korra or The Good Place, rather than, like, watching stuff with my wife, I'll just watch it all at once so that we can do it. Kind of just depends. Um, but I mean, also, in the future... We'll just be doing enough shows that are current that it'll be as they come out that we're doing them, which will be very different. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think that, like, both Korra and The Good Place hit Netflix literally last month for their... Well, Korra two months ago, but Netflix, like, just got season four of The Good Place. Was it this month? No, it was probably October. Although Timey Wimey is at least a Jeremy Baramy right now. Yeah, sure. It's all 2020 stuff. Uh, with that being said, don't forget to check out our Discord uh, where you can see the uh, awesome tweet that Wes just posted where uh, we get to see Charmander with knives. I mean, what more do you want in the world? And if you want something a little bit cooler than Charmander with knives, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash he's a game idiot. What? What I, I, I was just going to say, the thing that I would say is cooler than Charmander with knives is Squirtle with a bucket helmet covering his eyes that shell, carrying a little shell shield and holding this, like, his tail, basically, yeah, as, a, as a, club a club is way cooler. That That's yeah. the better drawing of them. That's fair. That's fair. And if you want to know what we're talking about, head on over to our Discord. That link in the show notes. And if you want something even cooler than Squirtle using his tail as a club, uh, head on over to our Patreon uh, supporting the show would mean a lot to us, and yeah, it, I I know that there are things going on, uh, you know, in, in in the world, and also there are things going on across the He's a Game Media universe. You know, we've got a new Magic the Gathering podcast that's popping off that uh, has gotten some pretty amazing feedback with uh, longtime rookie, hundred percent rookie. Yeah, Sam Brand Black, new to the game. Sam Black's new podcast over on the Constructor Criticism Network uh, is something that I've, I'm a part of and working on. And it's really cool to see just that it's already helping people. And, you know, we want to we do what we can to always be making the show better. And the, way that, the easiest way to make the show better, make, you know, better content in a lot of ways is, is to get some financial support from the listeners. Uh, you know, Patreon has become the best way to do that. So head on over to patreon.com slash need to nerd. And there are going to be specific goals for need to nerd in 2021, which is yeah, literally... like getting me a haircut. Yeah. I mean, we could make that a goal so that you can't get a haircut until we get like, you know, $10 and, <laughs> you know, $20 in Patreon. 
Wait, no, no, no. We definitely don't want any any goal in which people are incentivized to get you not to get a haircut, to not to not be our patron, because uh, they can. Cause I mean, eventually they'll be so miserable that people will feel bad for you, and they'll. Nah, <laughs> that's I, I I have no proof that can happen. But this week, um, you know, we're, we're going to talk about misery because uh, there are a lot of people that get a little miserable in this season all right, three. All right, all right, all right. What I will say as a Patreon goal is if you if we hit a certain level, which we'll set, I'll release the photo of the worst haircut of my life. Ooh, there we go. Which, if Spencer hasn't seen it yet, he's in for a treat after this show. Oh, I am in it for a treat then, because I'm pretty sure I haven't seen it. It's a I, great photo. Yeah. Uh, man, you're so good at interrupting my segues. I am. Or calling them out. One of the two. Yeah. But we are going to be talking about season three of The Good Place, as we mentioned. And Wes, I want you to hype this up. You know, it's been, I think, you know, a little while since we talked about season two. And, I I mean, season four, as we said, has recently hit Netflix. Why should people continue watching this show? I mean, it's it's viewership plummeted after season one. Why why should people keep watching it? Well... You might, after having watched season one and season two, feel like you have too good of an understanding of the nature of the universe, and you need to be introduced to a few very important concepts to understand how complex the universe is, such as the Jeremy Baramy, the International Hole of Pancakes, the Time Knife. And if you want to know what any of those things do, you have to watch season three, or what they don't do, I think more specifically, what they don't help you with at all. I think that the thing is, as somebody who's gone through a personal existential crisis especially in the last two years yeah yeah we'll know exactly what a jeremy baramy is uh, you know i just i really feel for this season and if you two want to go through your existential crisis all over again and witness somebody else doing it this is the season for you yeah well this season three is incredible you get to know the origin of legends like donkey dog you get to explore the bad place for real this time uh really just so many incredible things happen that you're gonna feel like you're missing out on and who doesn't want to watch on yet another time where characters you know and love who grew and changed and developed over the last two seasons get reset once again and i'll go first on our first thoughts um and I'm going to go back to the first time that I watched the show, because this show is one that I actually did binge watch. I think I've mentioned that in the past. Um, and I got so into it at the end of season two um, that even now when I watch the show, I just completely go on to the next episode. Um, my first thoughts were complete interest. Like, I have never been more interested in a show than I probably am at the point at the end of season two to the beginning of season three of The Good Place. Uh, it, it, the characters have developed, um, after, a, you know, many resets and you really care about these people and you want them to succeed and you, you believe in them. And I think that that's what's, what they did a really good job in the first two seasons of doing that season three, you, you start to believe not so much in Michael, <laughs> but you believe in these, these people, you believe in Eleanor, you believe in Chidi, and you believe in Jason. Like, I believe that Jason... End of season three, I trust Jason more than I trust most people. Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, my first impressions of this season were 
you know, I, I believe I believed in these people. I believe they're going to succeed. And I am rooting for them. And I, that's that's really that's a really fun place to be at with a TV show. Yeah, if you're not rooting for the characters, and to be honest, this is true about any storytelling, right? You need to be rooting for the characters to really get invested. And it's honestly some of the best advice for being a dungeon master that I've ever heard, which is, um, you know, you are an audience member and you need to be rooting for your character, for your player characters. West, what was your first input? Like first time you watched season three? I think I think you had watched season three when we started this, but I don't remember. So I yeah, so you know, seasons one, two, and three all got put on Netflix at the same time a long time ago, and so I watched them all straight through. So I think I, I was I was probably delirious, to be honest, by the time I got to season three. Um and I was I was intrigued. Um I was worried, right? Like I think that it's scary to see the characters go back to the space where they have lots of they have they've got chaotic and random influences on them right like you know in even the the good place version of the bad place right everything's very controlled other than their interactions with each other what they're learning and what they're gaining right whereas being in life of course anything can happen and you'll get exposed to a whole bunch of people and so it was fascinating to see how it was just fascinating to see like how when they're back in their lives, how they responded. And I think that it felt very real that first experience of like realizing you need to get better and you know improve your life in some measurable way. And you do that for a while and then you backslide hard the moment you stop thinking about it as much. I think is such a very real experience. Um and the other thing is I think it's cool to see how much what we love about these characters is not the things they've gained from their their time. It's just like who they are, who they actually are. Right. Yeah, I, I think that what you just said really speaks to like it's not really it, it is not the flaws of these characters or the improvements that these characters make that has probably made us root for them as much. It's as much as like they feel like real people that maybe you've interacted with in your life that you've probably cared about and you want to, you care about these people because of that. Um, you know, I, I know personally, I've known plenty of Jason's I've known plenty of, um, Oh my gosh. I can't remember her name. Not Eleanor. No. Tahani's. Yeah. Lots of Tahani's, uh, not to the, like the extreme that Tahani is, but I think that they're all caricatures of, people that we know in our lives. Yeah, I, they're pretty extreme. I think that there are now people... My wife said that I'm a cheaty, and I don't agree with that, but I'm sure that there are people who think I am that. Um, and, you know, I, I think that it, there there's a lot of love that I have for these characters, and season three is, like, the one where you really, like, I don't know, fall in love with these guys, so... Let, let's let's get into spoilers though. We we got pretty vague there, and I want to. I also think it's got the best Janets. It does have the best Janets. I want to get high level. We're in a spoiler territory. If you haven't watched it yet, we're going to talk about things that actually happen in there, and I want to look back at how much we love this. You know, we talked. We both talked about it. Our overall impressions are both clearly, for me, Wes. This is my favorite season of The Good Place. Um, 
I mean, you mentioned seven things already that are like, yes, that is such a great moment. Uh, but the unlockings of the universe of this universe specifically, uh, and what it what it means for these people are are pretty pretty huge. And there are like kind of different arcs in this show in this season. You know, these people being a part of the study, these people helping other people, then you know dealing with the aftermath of helping other people and it all falling apart. You know, there's there's these huge major events. And for me, it was, you know, these people finding out, you know, Eleanor finding out that she's in love with Chidi, uh, just so much. And just the overall impression of this is I love these people. And like I said before, I want them to win. Like I want them to fix what is wrong with this stupid system. And that's so real, right? The stakes change in this season in a way that they, like in a super meaningful way, right? Like because they're they're not just trying to at this point like prove that their lives are worth saving. Th- By the end of this, they're proving that all lives are worth saving, which no, I think they... is so cool. Yeah, there's a really um, there's a really impactful moment. I'm sure that it was going to be in one of your and. One of, if not both of our favorite moments, but I think it gives a really good context into probably both of our overall impressions of this season specifically. And it's when the judge spends some time on Earth and she Mm. comes back and she's like, dude, Earth is messed up. And Eleanor's like, yeah, and there's a chicken sandwich that if you eat it, it means you hate gay people. And for some reason, it's delicious. And they're just like, it's so good. And it and it's like it's it's you're laughing, but like. No, yeah, well, of course, because it's I, it's satire and therefore true. I I uh, don't know if I'm I don't want to get political, but uh, which is weird because we get political on the show all the time for some reason. But like Chick Fil A spicy exactly chicken sandwiches why. are delicious, and yeah. you know when they came out against Black Lives Matter, my family decided to stop eating Chick Fil A. We had it's funny because like we almost never eat Chick Fil A just because of the other stuff, and it's like how many times can you be wrong before we stop eating there? And then it's like, well, wait a second, Chick Fil A has how many? Like, which is which? Which are we doing that's worse? Like, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that it is so hard to hurt the rich people who actually make bad decisions is nutty. It, There's it, so many other people you have to hurt to hurt them. It's so it's so infu- I mean, I, we had this conversation. I, we might have even talked about it on the podcast, right? Where like, it's like uh, Harry Potter is a story that I love that I think is a great story that teaches a really important lessons. And I cannot like J.K. Rowling for her stances on on you know trans rights and and things about you know the the transgender community, and know that if I if we all boycott J.K. Rowling. It hurts way more people than it helps by like a lot. And takes the books that have single-handedly created the most readers in the last 20 years out of kids' it, hands. It, it is it is actually a bad idea. I mean, I joke all the time. I call her who must not be named on this show. But hurting J.K. Rowling doesn't actually help the no. transgender community. Instead, you know, speaking out and, and doing things for the transgender yeah, yeah. community helps. And it's the judge sees that, and I think it's a really important moment in this show. And yeah, the judge is totally that viewpoint of 
just gets to like casually observe whether things are good or bad without ever actually having to make the choices themselves, right? It's like when uh, it's um, like senators and Congress actually, people voting on issues well, that yes, affect I was their people. Say, it's <laughs> Michael putting Chidi in the real trolley situation. <laughs> Yeah, right, which is fair. we spend so much time in philosophy talking about these situations in life we never actually experience that are like because we wanted to reduce things down to their essence. Can I like, ask that just not actually participate in real life? We didn't do that on season two. What what is your answer to the trolley question? Whether I should use use my power to hurt one person versus three people, um, and can I live with that decision? Yeah. Oh God. I switch between utilitarian views and uh, like absolute holistic views all the time. And I think right now I would pull the lever. You, you, you would kill the three people. It's, it's no, I would, I, it's, you're already, no, no, no. I, I would turn, right. Cause the, the most oh. people are what you're already going towards. Got it. Got it. You I, killed I would the one person pull the lever to turn the cart. Yeah. Yeah. I have come to the decision that uh, other than Maxwell and Debonair, I would, I would pull the lever, but it's it's irrelevant because it's not it's not a real choice. It's not a it's a Sophie's choice, right? Like it's a um, it's not. Uh, it, I'm just it's saying, Wes, to if be you examined. were on the track, if you were on the track, I'd pull the lever, and I expect you to Thanks. be okay with it. I I um easily the most comfortable <laughs> place to be in the trolley situation is the one person that gets who killed? is known. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I would be the. <laughs> I would choose to have everyone else survive. That like right like. I would too. A... It's so funny because like I tell Devonair the same thing. No, pull the lever, kill me. But like I wouldn't pull it. <laughs> no, and, and and this is right, and we're we're getting super high level, but also super in the weeds on this because I, of, I think the, that it the, says a lot to the list. judge. It says a lot about the judge, right? We're like she's the all knowing judge, but like how do you? How are you all knowing? But also her best way of understanding the, you know, of that point of 21st century reality was television, right? Right. And we all know how inaccurate television is for helping us understand our reality, except for maybe one television show. Uh, this one? We're talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's funny because, like, I think it's, I think it's season one where uh, – no, I think it, maybe it's season two where he's talking with Eleanor about friends. So, oh, those guys were all really speaking of friends. a television show that does not model reality very well. Well, I mean, even in the show, they make fun of the fact that how did they afford that apartment on a yeah, chef exactly, and yeah. chef? And so we all we were all confused by that one. And that moment, and I think the overall impression of this episode, right? From uh, I I forget you'll probably find it faster while I'm talking about the the perfect scored human's name, but like just seeing his life and what it means to get a perfect score versus the impact of i mean you know that we'll use the example that michael uses just simply buying doug the, yeah, yeah doug Forsett, just buying a tomato like buying a tomato is minus points on the scale and you know i i think that this season says what that 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 the idea of philosophy is not as simple as any of the three systems that Chidi puts out in, uh, you know, in, in his lecture to where he says nihilism is the, is the best answer, but it, it's more yeah. than that. And this season does a really good job of telling that. 
Oh, I I also now realize my actual favorite character from all of the good place. Jason Janet. <laughs> what? Jason Janet is so sick. So cool. I don't cool. remember this. Uh, this is when they all get turned into Janets in the. Oh, in oh, Janet's, I do, uh, I do remember this. Let's let's actually move on. Do you have anything you want to add for overall impressions? Just that the good place makes us all like like, and its strength is that it makes us all like consider our lives and what matters to us, and it it doesn't give, and, and it does uh, this beautiful thing where it doesn't actually tell us what the right choice is. It just shows us how many ways there are towards the right choices and how many and how you know hard it is to see those wrong choices right like i think it's just it, it makes us want to be better and that as a result makes us better without telling us how to be better which i love let's let's talk about favorite characters uh this segment we pick one of our absolute favorite characters from the season or from the movie or whatever when we whatever we're covering um you know soon it'll be book one of of west's uh, book that he sold me so well on. Uh, the, the the I'll go first on this one. I have a tie for favorite character because I don't just want to say Cheedy on every stinking season. Um, although I don't know that that is true in season four. But I actually really loved Simone this season. And I love her ability to handle Cheedy and her ability to handle Eleanor uh, specifically those two are the two that stand out the most. She's so good at letting them be themselves and yet calling yeah, them on their BS. Yeah. It, it's, it's very endearing. Um, I don't, I don't think a lot of people are Simone's. I don't think a lot of people have the, I don't know if it's that she's so interested in their minds or what it is, but she has this ability to be like, like, even when she goes and talks to her, she's like, you're weird. Let's go do this right now because I want to see your brain. And that is, I don't know, that was really endearing to me. Um, that that she, no not, no real questions asked, instantly was interested in looking at Chidi's brain and saying, why, why can't you make a decision? And as simple, I asked him a question as simple as red or blue. Like, that's it. That's the whole question. Uh, I don't know. She she brought out a really good part of Chidi and a really good part of Eleanor. I thought that she made Eleanor a lot less selfish, which I really appreciated uh, in her relationship with Chidi, in her, uh, you know, working with the group and uh, talking with the group. I don't know. I, I thought Simone, as little of a part as she played in this season – very, very much brought out the best in, in two of the most important characters. I, I don't know that they would have, you know, gotten as far with the group. I know it's not that many episodes, but I think Simone was a big help. Yeah, I, well, I think that Simone's pretty great. And also, it's fascinating that Simone is the only character that matters, basically in the whole show, that is not our core four Janet or Michael? Uh, she, she. Every other character is there to just be like a, a plot device in the lives of our characters. I, I mean, she does that in season four for what it's worth. She is a plot device in season four. That's true. But season three, uh, Simone is uh, just, you know, that. Yeah, I also think she's way more interesting in season three than season four. Like, just sh she. 
she legitimately is well Simone in season we'll get to Simone in season four when we get to season four but Simone in season four is actually one of my favorite reasons for why simulation theory is not is irrelevant oh that yeah that's my favorite moment of the whole show the whole sh one of my favorite moments of the whole show is her conversation with with Chidi but my other favorite character is obviously Chidi and I also think this is Chidi's best season but we'll talk to that in my favorite storylines. What about you? Who's your favorite character this season? Oh, my favorite character this season is, I think, the character who continues every day I ever watch an episode of the show to surprise me, shock me, and remind me of how little a person needs to be or do to be a good person. And it's Jason. I love Jason. Season three, Jason it might be best Jason. It's funny. I one of my favorite parts about season three, Jason, is, I mean, actually, just one of my favorite parts about Jason is his honesty, and the part where he's holding that cash, and he looks at uh, Tawny and he says, "This much money would have changed my life so many times." Yeah, and like he's so sincere. Which is why he's trying to steal it. Yeah, he's so sincere when he says that. Um. And yet and true. He, he says that, and yet he's so just happy to just go hand that money to people. Uh, I don't uh, know, Jason... We're past the point where that much money would have changed his life, I think is a big part of it. I mean, he doesn't even, right? like, it. I, I mean, does yeah. Jason know that we're past that part? I don't know that Jason... <laughs> <laughs> that is also what I love about Jason is how, I think, actually, I think that's probably why I like Jason in season three is, like, it doesn't matter how many times you reset Jason, Jason is Jason. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, Eleanor has such an arc, right? Eleanor is this incredible um, exponential growth of a character where she, like, you know, she's she's not very fun as a character when she's at the beginning of any of any journey of our, you know, our baseline Eleanor. But she's amazing whenever she's at the end of any journey, right? She just gets better by having to do it. Yeah. There, the... Jason is just distilled chaos incarnate from the get-go every time. And teaching him doesn't change that about him. It just makes him better at it in, like, less destructive ways. And it's incredible. Sometimes more destructive ways. In fact, I would say that actually some of Jason's best plans come at when he's, like, a high-level Jason. Sure. And, like, they go so wrong so fast. <laughs> I just love it. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I have to say, the scene where... Shintahani uh, just hand wads of cash it's just such a fundamentally interesting scene because I, there's all these theories about like what kinds of public policies help people and how do we how do we improve lives and the answer will always be put money in the hands of people who need it people who want to use it to make their lives better or make other people's lives better yeah I I think I think about this a lot um I was not making a ton of money the last three years. For a lot of people, it would have been a ton of money. Um, but for, you know, a lot of people that are in my family, you know, they wouldn't they wouldn't think of it as a ton of money. But it was far more money, far much more money than I needed, you know. And I'm not saying this to for recognition, but, like, I gave away a lot of it the last three years. And 
you know, I'm not going to say for what or to who or for why, but I can tell you one thing that, um, you know, I, I think that too often I'll hear the excuse. I, I had a conversation with somebody that I, I won't say who, but we were talking about, they, they were complaining that my brother didn't like Jeff Bezos. And they were uh, complaining. My family is are really hardcore capitalists for what it's worth. A lot of them. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, I was like, I, I also just, don't yeah. like that. I think that he could liquidate, you know, X percentage of of Amazon and, uh, you know, make the world a better place really fast. Could also just pay his employees as well. Like, well, that was know. the other thing. That that was actually the, the that was the end point of our conversation. Was you know he could also just keep his employees safe and pay them a living wage. And, and I, that would be all I'd ever expect of anyone who's yeah. at that level of wealth. And actually, and the thing is, is that I think that my wife thinks so highly of me because I often am. Uh, and I think this is a problem with especially in America. If you're an American listener, it's too often Americanized heroes. Like my wife sees me as like this heroic figure when it comes to like charity, how much I try and give away. But at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, but I, I, that's not the best thing that I could be doing with my time. Like I'm working for a corporation or was working for a corporation. Yeah. That, you're, you're Robin hooding above the books. Yeah. It's just so <laughs> it's such BS. Um, um, well also just, and I think that the pandemic has really taught us this, that like pay attention to who we call our heroes in real life, right? Like in stories, I think we get to call our heroes, heroes accurately. And without like much moral, anything but like our heroes in this pandemic have been the people that we think it's okay to mistreat and we can't I, change it. i have never thought that w that way for what it's worth and i hope you know no, but I... like our society's rhetoric about it right like oh teachers are heroes oh healthcare workers are heroes right like people who were putting in bad situations day in day out and stay there yeah like I... yeah that's a hero but also like if you're recognizing that people just who are doing their job are heroes Change their jobs, please. Well, it's so interesting, too. I, I, I want to say two things on this, because I, I do actually think this season of The Good Place and the scene that we're talking about where they're handing out money highlights this so well. Because, one, I tell my wife she's my hero almost every day. I could never teach kindergarten. I think it's an impossible job, especially in the situation they give our kindergarten teachers. I cannot believe she does it, loves it. I, I just, it baffles me. It blows my freaking mind. Uh, and then kindergarten the, teachers are second to first grade teachers in my mind, but it's literally just about how both. much literacy. <laughs> well, you're just expected to have much more literate kids at the end of first grade than kindergarten, and yeah. both are impossible. Yeah, I I agree. Um, but the other day, my my wife is pregnant. For those who don't know, she's super duper sick, and the only thing she's kept down are ramen noodles. Uh, what else? She's kept like three things down. Um, but one of the things she she seems to be able to keep down is sherbet. So I went to Coldstone to get her a sherbet. I got me something and Maxwell something. And at the end of the 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 transaction, I was like, "How much? What's the highest tip you've gotten today?" And they were like two dollars. And I was like, "It was like excuse three, me three days before Christmas." And I was like, "The highest tip you've gotten is two dollars." And so I gave them a big fat tip, and I just was like. I was so upset. Um, 
Yeah. Are we going to take a moment of our show to explain tipping etiquette of the United States? Because I'm, I'm down. No, I, I don't want to get too far into it. All right. But... All right. Since we're in the holidays, here's the one I feel obligated to do. Sure. If you are using a gift card to pay for any amount of anything at a place that has food, you have to tip the whole bill, not the reduced amount after the after the gift card. People don't do that, do they? I don't want to know. Don't don't tell me the answer to that. I'm better. I'd rather be ignorant. My, my, and then at the very least, pay part, attention to this because sometimes you won't notice that that's happening, and part, you'll do it anyways. Part three of this, right? We we've got this. My um, these people building my wife up as a hero, not realizing the amount of insane stress that it has put on my family personally. Two, you know, we've got this these people that don't have a choice but to work at Coldstone during a pandemic. And you're not actually making, like, uh, it blows my mind. And then you've got Tani, who is literally handing out thousands of dollars, and it does not impact her. Like, yeah, yeah. she goes to the bank in the next scene and tries to withdraw $140 million. And it is worth noting that Tahani's life has been hard. Oh, by yeah. her ability to interpret life. I, I've said this. And this is very important, which is that your your class, your status in life does not make your life like like being rich does not make everything easier. easy. Yeah. It, you, the, yeah. The kind of but it does make it much easier logistically. So I, I think about this a lot um, and, and, and how the last four years of my life or honestly the last six years of my life differ from all of my adult life before that and how something as simple as forty thousand dollars a year more changed my life dramatically i it wasn't as though i didn't have depression i didn't have anxiety i didn't have stress anymore i'm probably more anxious now than i've ever been more stressed now than i've ever been and honestly, in a lot of ways, more depressed than I've ever been. But you know what? And I'm more not... challenged in other health ways. Boy, can I tell you that. And, well, I'm sorry. Uh, but, but you know, so there are different things that I'm not stressed about. Like, I'm not stressed about paying my rent. I'm laid off. I'm not really stressed about paying my rent next month. Like, that, that is cool for me. And I'm really lucky to be that way. But there are other stresses in my life that, you know, I, I don't know that I had before that. And I, I, to quote a rapper, more money, more problems. I, I don't think I don't think that's true. I think that it like Tahani has different problems because all of a sudden different things are expected of her. And also impossible things are expected of her unreasonable things are expected of her and Dahani's problems Dahani's problems versus Jason's problems like or Eleanor's problems by the way really encapsulate the problem with the system right like Jason's like man if you gave me five grand like I could like become a real person. he had everything else he had his friends he had his yeah. like you know he was happy he just needed money so he yeah. could run dance competitions or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe he could have gotten some help mentally. Like, who knows what could yeah. have happened for Jason if he had five grand. And I don't know. I agree with that. I think that that um, 
Jason is just such a kind character. Uh, yeah. Like, kind I, of heart. I, I love... Yeah, he's so kind. He's He's so caring. And, you know... I think Jason's a really hard character to talk about in a world where I, you know, both want to like acknowledge how hard every moment of his day is just because of his various uh, challenges. Ignorance is bliss. But also, but also like, you know, his mental challenges as they're written are not an accurate depiction of those of that, that real people face either. Right. Like I think is a, is a big part of talking about it that makes it, challenging to talk about but at the same time right like i you know they did nail that part which is like your capacity to change people's life is all about choosing to do so and not much about your other limitations i think that jason has like really big impacts on tahani uh we know he has a big impact on michael we know like jason has impact yeah i think that the only character that jason can't change by a lot is eleanor because i'm pretty sure eleanor has seen it already yeah let, let's talk about our favorite storyline. Uh, my favorite storyline in this is Chidi um, and his whole arc. Because we see season three, Chidi just goes through the gambit. Uh, you know, right? We start with uh, we start with Chidi's near death experience uh, into Chidi immediately saying yes to somebody, into Chidi wondering if he should ever buy another blueberry muffin into i mean he into questioning whether he should be friends with his study subjects chidi goes through it all uh chidi seeing jeremy bear me uh chidi seeing the time knife like chidi just does it all in this season and honestly i don't know that they could have picked a better character to go through it all uh Chidi's entire goal in his existence is to make the world a better place and to help people become better people. And the problem for Chidi is that he is incapable of deciding what the best option is. And as somebody who suffers from really excruciating anxiety, I have begun to relate to Chidi as the more I watch the show in a different way that the anxiety that he feels makes a lot of sense, right? If, if you're trying to be the actual best and you need yeah. every one of your you need to scrutinize every choice and this is such a game player like anxiety challenge right is that we're thinking about like Shoot, what's the right play right like I, I i talk about this in my therapy sometimes right like i'm like trying to decide like what the right play is and that's like a concept that exists in games because i think that you can and, and you know magic has fewer of these than chess does right like the var- the, the variables I, in in a game like you know we play Magic the Gathering and we play you know Pokemon right like you know yeah so for example a great this is actually a great example I deleted uh wrap for poison powder on my Bell Sprout the other day and immediately realized I couldn't poison a Pokemon and paralyze or sleep it at the same time which are both like, better statuses honestly yeah. The, and rapid at the same time or and poison at the yeah. same time and i was like oh my gosh i mean such a and i was upset about it for like quite a while like that i erased rap for poison powder and i was telling and then you know razor leaf none of it mattered <laughs> well we're not there yet but okay uh the the thing is is like i think that 
I feel that kind of anxiety across decisions all the time, not to the extreme of cheating, but you know, it's, it's frustrating to worry about this stuff on that level. Yeah. Like if you think that there's like a platonically best choice to make in any given situation and that you are better off finding that choice than just making a choice, like you're paralyzed, right? Like, and Chidi exemplifies this, but I, I live it, you live it. Lots of people experience this. And what so much, what, what Chidi learns and what we all learn and very slowly is that we need to, you know, sharpen our intuitions to the point where we can make the, the best choice in the shortest amount of time. Right. Where we need to be able to like, and occasionally like snap off most choices to be ones we usually think would be good and then recognize when we need to sit back and think a bit longer and plan a bit more and like but that's a decision that you need to make not a default such a magic player answer <laughs> i did i did feel like i was listening to a magic podcast listening to myself talk there for a moment <laughs> no I, I i i agree and i i think the thing is is that Chidi goes through really, really important moments in this season. Um, I mean, his most nihilistic, like, does any of it matter moment ever, which I think is glorious. Like, the, the put the, <laughs> put the, put the peeps in the chili pot. It's, it's, it's so good. Oh my God. That breakdown is such a great scene. There's, I, we'll get into like my favorite Chidi moments during Levitz, but I do think that Chidi's story during this from, you know, even the part where he's talking to Eleanor and, he, you know, Eleanor tells him that he's lying. He's like, that's a different person. That's a different cheaty that, like, I don't know if he really believes that or, like, he needs that to be a different cheaty so that he doesn't have to process his feelings for Eleanor. <laughs> and I love the car compartmentalization because it's such I mean, a human way to no deal with anxiety. Gets... Yeah. No one gets 404 not found more than Chidi. Yeah. What about you? Who's your what's your favorite storyline? Michael. And I think I said Michael for season 2 and like I think the same thing is there because right like Michael isn't treading water the same way our other characters are. Right? He has the fullness of his experiences. His improvements don't come when he dies. Right, like <laughs> Janet. Janet's improvement is just so weird. I, the sophistication of Janet is so different than any other being. Right, like. I got but it. Michael. Oh, go ahead. Just has to like. He has to like. He's playing with live ammunition from the gates, right? Like he, um, he gets this pass one time to go to the war to Earth and make this change, right? He doesn't even eat the gumball, man. He doesn't even eat the gumball. He just puts the quarter and gets the gumball out and doesn't even eat it. Well, that's the fun part. <laughs> I I have a question about that one pass, though. I have, I actually have two questions about this, this favorite storyline. Because there are two parts that really stick out to me in Michael's story in this season. The first is the reusing of the past. The pass. The second is giving him the frog mug. What what I actually was gonna say that the way to examine Michael's growth this season is exactly in his interactions with the doorman. That oh that was actually gonna be what I was gonna is does his friendship of the doorman show that Michael is actually improving as a demon, as a entity? 
Oh, for sure. In fact, I think that, I mean, honestly, Michael is the person who comes the farthest because he starts from being absolutely horrible and does does the incredible thing, which is as he gets new data, he changes his worldview, right? That's always the thing that's a mark of like a pretty impressive person, which is the more they learn and integrate it, how do they change? Are they willing to change as information that doesn't reinforce their worldview comes in, right? And Michael does, right? He starts by thinking all humans are awful and he just wants to torture them and he wants to do it creatively and he wants to let them torture each other. And then he discovers that they improve each other. And it it shocks him to his core, right? And he rebuilds himself afterwards and he does it in a whole lot of ways and with a midlife crisis and putting Chidi through the trolley experiment. And now we're here where he's truly improved from his starting position he knows what he wants he knows his values and he struggles to implement them does he follow the rules or does he get the results he wants? is it okay that he broke the rules in pursuit of bringing his community together or is it still bad enough that he did and the answer is he had to right like it was it was a real life choice not a not a trolley decision because if he didn't then the rest of the show wouldn't have played out the way it does wouldn't have played out in this way that really, you know, leads to a, um, you know, an incredible set of endings. Um, but it's just, it's so cool that like he, you know, he decides he's going to break the rules because that's what he's done his whole life. Right. Break the rules to get ahead. Right. And that's like a default sort of position. And then it gets complicated because of it, right? And because he makes this one change, he has to make other changes and then more changes. And like, at some point he realizes, I can't keep up with this. And he does the right choice that anyone does when they realize that their way of breaking the rules is something they can't keep up with. It's good to they know just though, that, have... that Michael making all these sure. changes is how we got to 2020. This is all I'm saying. It's really funny. I have to say, it's very funny. Um... Yeah, I agree that like it, it it's a it was a good joke for like 2019 to be like this is how we got here. Yeah. Um, little did we know. Little did we know indeed. Um but like by the end Michael decides he has to step outside of his previous choices. Right? It's not follow the rules, don't follow the rules. It's change the system, right? Yeah. He comes to the realization that like it's all fundamentally broken and it could all be done better. Yeah. I want to give a quick shout out to some of my favorite episodes before we move on to could be betters. I don't know if you, if one you of have... the season two of the season three of the season four of the season. <laughs> five, sorry. <laughs> no, I, I think that, uh, uh, episode two, everything is, uh, bronzer is like pretty high up there or part two, part, part two of, they did the hour long special on. Yeah on the first episode, but the second part I think is really high up there for me. And then, uh, episode five, Jeremy bear me. Uh, that one is, I think a pretty huge, important piece for the show. I know that uh, yeah. you like episode 10, right? The Janet's one. Yeah. I think the Janet's one's very funny because, um, it, it asks this question of when everyone's the same, how are they different? Yeah. The, I, I agree. I, and I think season, um, also, that one has the great moment where Eleanor pretends to be Jason pretending to be 
Anyway. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like the jokes are. Um, have you ever seen the joke of like, what is a I, Waluigi? I actually, I have not. Look, can I? Can I? Uh, yeah. So tell the joke, and then I'll say what was my thought. Oh, basically that you know, Waluigi is a reflection of a reflection, right? Luigi is a reflection of Mario. Wario is a reflection of Mario. Waluigi is the reflection of both of those reflections. Yes. Right. Like, and how? What? What does it mean to have an identity that is based on basically nothing? Uh, it's funny because apparently Waluigi is actually not a real person. It's actually a figment of Wario's. Oh, I see. Yeah. Of, of Wario's imagination needing a Luigi, and I did not know that. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just it's I yeah. That's Waluigi our nerd fact irony. of the day, guys. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Better when they're organic. <laughs> exactly. Uh. But on on that note, though, um, I heard somebody say that they thought that was the best episode of any TV show ever, ever, as far as acting is concerned. On because the, it's all one character, it, it's all one actor. Yeah, they they talked about how like this is something that's done in cartoons sometimes that nobody's ever really done a great job of in in live action, and I I thought that, that episode, her, first of all, her acting is amazing. Yeah. Like she is, I mean, go ahead. She has to, as an act, like she just has to have the most on-screen hours of anyone in the entire good place. Right. Because of you have to counter four times, five times, 30 times in some scenes. Well, yes, that, that absolutely is like, and also the number of times that Janet is just a different person. Even, even the original Janet is just so many different characters. Yeah. I, I just, I'm so impressed with her. Um, yeah, I, I think that this season has probably the most episodes that I love where I'm just like, yes, I love this episode. Uh, you know, uh, actually I have, I have two more storylines that I want to mention before we move on because I'm going to, I'm going to be upset at myself. I'm also not going to cry. Uh, one, when, uh, Janet returns or not Janet, when Eleanor returns the wallet and the dad is like, you're a good person. I hope my daughter turns out like you. And Eleanor starts crying, and then when he said something, she tells him to shut up. Is like yeah. the most me thing ever. Like that's the most Eleanor thing about me. Is like when I'm when I'm crying because of something, and uh, you know I, I've done. Well, there's something. nothing like a compliment that absolutely throws your entire view of yourself oh, self for a loop. It's like no, I'm like, not a good person. person shut I up. Know. You're like I'm the worst person I know. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's it. It honestly like I um. I don't know if you know this about me, West. I think people don't think this is true, but I actually hate getting compliments because I always think that I could be better than I am. And yeah, so, like, oh, I, oh, I have a good story about this for me. And this is such a relatable concept, right? Like, I made brownies the other day, and I followed the recipe and the joy of cooking, right? Like, pretty basic, good directions, and they turned out well, right? And you know, when my grandmother compliments them, like, you know, good brownies, West. I like all my head says is I followed the recipe. That's it. Like. You know, like, there's no, like, oh, I'm satisfied. There's no, like, yeah. it's, like, literally just, like, I did what was expected of me. You can't compliment that, can you? Like, I think, <laughs> I, I, oh, man, you just hit the nail on the head, right? Where Eleanor is feeling that exact same way. She fu- and, and also, you see it in the next scene where Chidi is talking about that type of philosophy, right? This, you have to follow a certain set of rules in order to be a good person, Eleanor is simply following those set of rules. So when he says, 
you are a good person. She's like, no, I'm not. I'm a terrible person, and I just did what's expected of me. Like, which I wouldn't have done every other time my whole life. It's it is it is so relatable, uh, and it's definitely one of my favorite moments. And then the other one uh, is her mom improving. Outside of the influence of anyone, I, I, I agree. I agree. I think it's a totally good point, right? Which is that, and every other attempt to improve people, lar- you know, largely failed catastrophically in this, right? Like, because it turns out that me pushing you from the outside to improve something doesn't change. Like, it might. It'll probably just make you feel bad, right? Like. I agree. I, I think that her mom improving was like a pretty huge moment, um, especially when you like talk to the the stepdad, and the stepdad gives his perspective on things that are going on, and like understanding that the mom is flawed, but he still loves her and appreciates her, and yeah, it's it's I don't know, it's a really beautiful moment. Let, let's go. I think con- that like go go ahead. The best sign of those sorts of things are like when people like notice that someone else is doing something that is kind of wrong, lying about it, something like that. And then just don't say anything like that's a really high level acceptance of that person. Yeah. I let it not fester. like I'm a bad person in that respect. I often well, get really if you mad let people. yourself get um, totally. If you let yourself get mad about that choice without saying anything, that's a different thing, but where you that's just me. accept it and move on and not make a big deal out of it. Because it'll either solve itself, or you've already planned for how to account for it. Oh, you've already forgiven them, right? Like, it just didn't matter to you. Yeah, like, that's so powerful. Yeah, I agree. I need to get better at that. That episode taught me a lot about that. I do it all the times with kids, and none of the time with anybody else, including myself. Because the amount I am willing to forgive a kid for existing is a lot, because I don't think of them as supposed to having been finished beings, but of course adults aren't either. Yeah. It's so funny, too, because, like... Uh, I I think that too often, I mean, for myself, like just for myself, I, I have tried to get better at this, this year where I give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Like, it's like, you know what? Life's hard and it's hard to continue to do that. Um, and then know when to draw the line of when it's like hurting you. Um, it's, it's tough. And I think we see that in Eleanor. I think that Eleanor you know, shows us that, uh, uh, mostly in, I think season, I don't remember, even remember the episode where she asks for her, uh, um, it's her birthday and she gets separated from France. Anyway, let's do could be better because I only have one this season. Um, before we record this episode, I watched the first five episodes again while I was, uh, playing some soul type to prepare for constructed clash with Matt Kling. So I was playing some Magic the Gathering, watched The Good Place as we prepared for this episode. And there were way too many Florida jokes. Uh, Yeah, they cut hard into Florida, like in general, right? Like it was funny in the first season and a little bit in the second season. But it actually felt like there were like a lot more of the jokes this season. And uh, here's the thing. We could also go to Florida, which doesn't help, right? Like. Out of context, like the occasional like Jason's the way he is because of Florida jokes are like at least not harming anyone other than Jason. But like when you're like there in Florida in front of Donkey Doug and you're ripping into Florida as like a show, yeah, it, it's 
it, got, it makes you feel bad if you're from Florida or bad if you're just like, I know someone from Florida. The thing is, is like really I, this, this podcast anyway. has listeners from Florida and I yeah. know them and I know that they're great. I don't know. It's like, I think that the thing is, is that people in Florida know that Florida has become the butt of a joke and that it sucks and that it needs to improve. But like, we live in Utah. Like Utah is the butt of a ton of jokes and we know that Utah needs to improve. And I think that that's true of every place. And like sitting there acting like it's funny because there's a Twitter interaction on magic Twitter between uh, two former constructive criticism listeners where they take headlines from Florida versus Utah stories. And they're like, which state is more ridiculous. Right. And it, mix them up and make it. Yeah. It's just, just like, and I don't know. At some point it's like, you know what? We get it. We get Florida sucks, but you know what else sucks? Montana, Oregon. Like, shut up. I, I, it was funny the first time, but we're at we're at fifteen times in three episodes. Like, there, there was a joke when they're trying to withdraw the money, and it's like we we're supposed to call security if anyone from Florida even walks into this bank. It's like that wasn't funny. And this is in Australia. Yeah, this is in, like it's just not funny. Yeah, I agree. And, um, and and, and I don't know Lots of things where, like, you know, this is this is the problem with stereotypes, right? Is that stereotypes usually exist because there's the tiny little hint of truth to them. Florida headlines are ridiculous. Do not get me wrong. Like the number yeah, of yeah, Florida man is a legend, right? Like, like there's yeah, no doubt it, there. It's obviously funny, but at some point, it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, we get it. He's from Florida. Also, yeah, these are usually wrapped up in who gets to make the joke, right? Like. Um, if you are a person from Florida, make fun of Florida as much as you want, because guess what? You're probably going to have a really good sense of when that's about to get sour. Listen, I right? don't want to like, go to Florida either. It's a swamp. There's a lot of mosquitoes. It's humid. I don't like humidity. I'll make fun of the humidity in Florida all I want because I don't want to go there. But like, I'm not just getting, I don't know. I, I was expecting an outrunning a gator joke, but I didn't get it. And I'm disappointed uh, I thing. also could outrun a gator, but also they're not very fast on the ground, Wes. I don't know if that's like... No, no, they're not at all. But... <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Is there any... Could... That's the only one for me this season. I just... Sure. I, it was just too many know, of those I jokes. I, I hadn't thought about that consciously. Like, I kind of knew that for the whole show, but it's true that this season is when that gets bad. Um, I think that for me, it's the, like the lack of cohesive setting is just kind of challenging all season long. Like we have, like we spend, we go from earth and earth is not a setting, right? Like we know that that's a problem, right? Like we go to a lot of places in earth in this season. Well, we go from Australia to, for the Arizona, Florida. Yeah. So we have, I agree with that. I think that there is a lot of the neutral place, like the judge's place the the like two episodes or the, the we end in the mail room of the good place right yeah do we end we, we end actually no, I don't think we end no, no, we, think... we, we end actually with uh with the arbitration um but like there's just so much like we're like the first like four five episodes right we have a relatively like yeah, we're in Australia almost the whole time. Right? We're in Australia, Australia in and Arizona and is that it? Yeah, yeah but are? at the very least we're familiar with the settings because of the characters, right? Yeah. And then it just gets wild from there. 
Yeah, I I think that I think that um I know this is a could be better for me because I don't know that it made the season worse, but I can see why it maybe made it worse for you. I think that Sean and his cronies introduced too much too often. And it makes yeah, there's, there's so much there to be introduced and talk about. And I yeah. think that there's also this expectation where like, you know, the hell, which is a bit, the bad place, which has been operating for the last, you know, thousands of years, as opposed to the good place, which has been shut down basically. Um, of course, there's going to be a lot of like culture and ideas and stuff going on. Right. And all of it's going to be bad and kind of funny. Yeah. It does kind of get, belabored after a point and there's something i forgot to mention with my favorite part about the michael argument or the michael storyline which is that he met his hero and it turned out his hero was human i think is such an interesting thing because his for michael his hero is doug forsett right the perfect human right and it turns out that being the perfect human sucks and is boring and oh, michael I'm... didn't want that in the end so uh, that that was going to be one of my love it's for what it's worth. Um, sure. Let, let's actually move on to love it's if you're okay with that. And we'll we'll start with that point. Absolutely. Because yeah. uh, I think the part that really got me was when he just gives the like the bully kid whatever he wants. Yeah. Where it's like, if that's what makes you a good person, then I don't know that I want to be a good person. Like that kid needs to be taught a lesson. And I, I should be able to tell him, like, hey, man, you can't pick on me. Like, just because I'm a nice yeah, person. Yeah, a lesson is actually not the thing I think that kid needs. Because teaching a lesson is almost always about the person teaching the lesson, not the person receiving the lesson, as maybe, it maybe is colloquially. Talk, I, I think that I don't even mean teaching a lesson, though. I, love, structure, support, and help, right? Like, Yeah, I almost I almost rather that Doug just, like, hey, man, why do you want my shoes? Like, when he asks for the shoes, that, like... Don't give him your shoes. Ask him why he wants your shoes. Yeah. Like anything other than. Yeah. Do it. I, I, I think that was the moment I was like, all right, well. Also, Doug Forsett is the satire that, you know, proves the point, which is that each of these things that earn you points are not contextualized because their points got assigned to the first time somebody did it. Yeah. In that context, not in the whole context. No, I, right. And yeah. like reinforcing a spoiled child's requests is not the same thing as giving something nice to someone who doesn't get things that are nice very often. Right. Like, so it's very like, you know, I think that the satire that is Doug Forsett is very much why the system's broken. Right. Is that like, even if you do everything that has the least ecological impact, the least harm done, whatever, it doesn't matter unless it matters. Yeah. I agree. I, I think that uh, it's it's it, Doug does a good job of teaching why the system is broken, and also Doug's collapse um, in knowing how wrong everything has been is. Like he gets one negative point, and he just completely collapses. And it says, you know, yeah, and that's such a point about you know anxiety and meeting expectations as well, right? Yeah, how we can focus on that one that one failure instead of a lifetime of success. Yeah, I want to pop up some of my favorite lines, and then I want to talk about some of my favorite moments. Uh, yeah. And now I'm on antibiotics is one of my favorite lines. Uh, if you don't, who rem- says that? Chidi says this. Almost all my lines are from Chidi, for what it's worth. Oh, okay. But uh, he, so he's talking about how uh, it's it's right at the point where the, he's been fired, 
and he's been ignoring Simone for a while, and he says, and she thought I had laryngitis, and it went too far, and now I'm on antibiotics. And, like, uh, when he says, and now I'm on antibiotics, every time I hear that line, I just, like, I'm even now, I'm cracking up. It's, like, cracking up, right? Because it's, it's the, the so, emphasis is so wrongly placed. It's so funny. <laughs> Uh, the second is when Chidi sees the Jeremy bear me. He points at the, it's the eye. What is the, the little squiggly, it's the eye, I think. And he's like, and then they explain what the eye is where it's like, and Tuesdays or something. And he just is like, Dan's like, that's and, my birthday. Is it Dan who no, says no, it? Those are two separate lines in the same scene, but I love both those lines. Jer- he says, he looks at it and he like puts. It's actually one of my favorite gifts. I'll post it as the gift for this episode when we post the episode. It's like, yeah, yeah. Th- this broke me. Like he like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, the circle of the Jeremy <laughs> Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Tuesdays. Yeah, like I was with you for everything else, but that one, that one was too much. This, yeah, this one broke me. And then as they all leave, Janet's just standing there and points and goes, "That's my birthday." <laughs> like, yeah. That line is so great. Yeah, uh, the. the, the as Janet gets more sophisticated, the parts where she's just kind of like, like that one's like a combination of like the, like the robotic need to inform and like the impulsivity of being human. Right. Like that's where those two come together to point out that's my birthday. Right. No one needed to know it. No one's even listening. Yeah. But she had to be informative and that's what was on her mind. Right. That's so me. That's that's my brain. Right. Like, yeah, and then uh, Eleanor telling the guy to shut up when he tells her he's a good person. I already mentioned that one. Uh, but I, I have yeah. some favorite moments. Uh, Eleanor helping Chidi get a date with Simone uh, is pretty great. I think Simone played into that really well. That whole interaction is great. I think it made Eleanor better. I think it made Chidi better, and it really told you a lot about Simone. Um, There's a lot of people helping, right, because our love triangles are so intense, and everyone's trying to help each other. Yeah. Right? We're like, People who are actively in love with another person are helping that person with someone else, right? Like uh, the Jason Tahani uh, therapy with Janet from season two. I mean, even when they get married in this season, just so that uh, Jason can take yeah, her Jason money. Yeah, Jason can have her money. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like Janet hears that they got married and it's like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that uh, this season has probably the my most love it's and so I probably need to shut up. Uh but this this is this is good. What are you? Any love it's any favorite lines, anything you loved that you we haven't talked about yet? Um I I love the moment of realization when everyone learns that Donkey Doug is Jason's dad. Dude, That's a really good one. That it's so funny too, because like when he quits the dance crew and he's like, you're my boy. It's so much funnier knowing that it's his dad. Yeah. Like, like he's like, you're my boy. And they, like, they give each other a hug. And when the first time you watch that, you don't know that that's his dad. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's, so, you're like, not my son, that... you're my boy. Yeah. Um, while this is the first time it's not introduced is not this season, but like the way Jason dies is just so freaking funny. And like him getting let out of it is even better. Right. Like, dude, I was, I was playing a complicated turn on, on magic arena and I actually missed him getting let out today. Mm-hmm. And I was really sad. Cause I was like, Oh, I love that scene. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good one. Um, like I think that there's just lots of really good stuff. Um, 
all of G's interactions with his friend. Uh, I forget the friend's name, but just the two of them are such a dysfunctional pair of friends. Like, they're you just know, so bad at I socialness, just, right? Like, so they're just bad. talking past to each other all the time. And he definitely gets the raw end of the writing. The friend does. Oh, yeah. Because of agree. all the misfortune that happens to him and how he's always made to look very simple and all of that sort of thing. But, like, their interactions are just really funny because... Oh, like, are you talking about the Cowboy Boots friend? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about the the other friend. Okay, okay. No, that he gets the raw yeah, end of every Oh yeah, and and like it's weird because they just needed to show a way that like Chidi's indecision was like bad for people. Yeah. Because it's such a personal thing, right? Like, and so like he's this one guy that he's always. Well, um, and, and they they the second that he's like, you can just decide to do something. It hurts that same guy. Yeah, exactly, right? Which is just that, like, you know, when you when you lie about something, it also hurts when you come clean about it. That one is not new to most people. And it's part of why people don't come clean about their lies, right? Is that it often doubles the pain. Do you have any other favorite moments before we rate this? Um, All of the Janets. Oh, the, the Janet Assembly. It. The love it's no, 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 the, the one at the Janet end. Assembly. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, end. yeah, yeah. That's a cool moment. I like Disco Janet. Disco Janet's dope. Uh, I'm gonna go first. Um, and I'm I'm not gonna even like pretend to jump around. This. I would give the season a five. I, uh, while the Florida jokes are too much for me, I I think this is this show encapsulates. Uh, a, an important time in humanity. I don't know if this season will be as good in 20 years as it is right now. But I think that it says a lot about where humanity is right now for me personally. And uh, makes me want to be a better person. And makes me want yeah, to... I wish I thought that this period of humanity, this like indeterminate time where we go from being uh, a group of... Spe like a species that's just trying to survive to the greatest possible effect to one in which that like exercises complete control over its existence for oh i'm good. not saying that it won't be worse i'm saying no, no, I, it might not I, be funny in say, 20 years how bad it was in 2020 if that sure but i'm just thinking about like i, I just hope that this period of time where we're in this awkward stage like i, I just don't think it's only going to be 20 years i think but that we don't change that fast historically we don't but but i do know this i do know that um this season of this show made me a better person. Like, yes. Like, without a doubt, I am a better person for watching The Good Place, and and I think that's why it's my favorite TV show of all time. And I I think that I I would just give this season a five. I think it's the best season of the show. I think that it makes you want just the the moment where they decide to go help other people knowing they're going to hell and that nothing they do matters you've gotten to the point it, it, you know my grandmother died a couple weeks ago and uh she's on her deathbed and i walk out of the room i'm crying you know after being with her for an hour or so and my sister who knows you know that i don't believe in god says do you do you believe in heaven or hell and I said, no. And she says, well, what do you think happens when you die? So I said, nothing. And she says, how do you do that? Like, I don't, I don't know that I could do that. And I just started crying. And I'm just like, 
it's really hard to know that you know I've got the litmus test of a person is that after they embrace nihilism, what do they do? Uh, is that is that knowing that or not knowing? I mean, I don't know, but I I think I know that nothing happens after this, and if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong, and I'll try to be the best person that I can. But you know, I've got it's the classic game of pessimism for the sake of uh, of either way you're winning. I, I don't know that it's like either I, you're right or like well that's a surprise like I I just think that you know when I, and what I said to her is you know I know what it's she she just asked me you know how do you know the difference between right and wrong how do you know like what's the point in doing anything and you know it's I said to her I say I know what it's like to be happy I know what it's like to be sad I know what it's like to hurt I know what it's like to feel joy and why don't I want that for other people. Like, why don't I want the good parts of that for other people? And it's funny because after after that conversation, I called her and I said, I, I think you should watch The Good Place. And you might understand a little bit about how I feel about trying to be a good person. Because yeah. I think, honestly, even though it's episode, what is it, episode two, uh, you know, what we owe to each other, I think this season does the best job about talking about what we owe to each other to the point where in the bar where, you know, she says, you know, I want a free margarita. It's my birthday. He says, if I did that, I, you know, I'd give everybody one. He's like, don't give it to me. Just, you know, and then they're talking about their rules for the universe. And he looks at her and he says, so you're just going to look out for yourself. You're not going to help anybody. And then she talks about the collapse that she believes that America has gone through. And he says, you know, if if everyone acted like you, what what would the world be? You know, what 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 would a society look like? And as somebody who, I mean, for being honest, I don't believe in anything. Like, I just believe in being good because if everyone's good to each other, then the world's a better place. Yeah, That's you it. know what it's like to be helped by a friend. You know what it's like to be ignored by yeah, a friend. Yeah, right? it's just, like it's just that simple to me. And this season does the best job of telling that story, even though in, you know, in I'm going to be really frank on this podcast. In my parents' world, I'm going to hell. Like, I, I'm going to hell. Uh, and that's okay. Oh, man, the first time I, so, you know, I grew up Jewish. And, like, the first time I had, like, a peer of mine just inform me flatly, blankly, like, you know, not an ounce of emotion in it, right? Just like it's a, you know, the it's two plus two. You're going to hell. I was just like, just like not even like sad or like confused or depressed. I was just like, whoa, that's how people think. Huh. Well, not only that, but like, listen, I can be a better person tomorrow than I am today, and I'm gonna try. You know, I'm gonna try. I, I, I'm going to try to do that. But I do think that. The reason I'm giving this season a five is because it makes me want to do that for no other yeah. for no other reason than the person that I'll try and lift up tomorrow deserves it. That's it. That's the whole reason, because yeah. they exist. They're here. Why can't their lives be a little bit better if I'm a part of it? Absolutely. Anyway, what's your rating? <laughs> I mean, I'll match you, right? Like, I, I think that it would be disingenuous to give the season anything less than that because it truly is fundamentally enjoyable, groundbreaking, breathtaking. It it has, you know, so many things. And it is, this is the culmination of these characters this season, 
Yeah. Season four wraps it's a up great the show. Ending. It's a great ending. Yeah, it's we'll an incredible show, and there's a lot going on there, and there's still a lot left to do at the end of the season. But, like, these characters are the best they'll ever be during the season. The, Not the, the, the best, best they'll ever people. be before. They're, they're the, the most best interesting the... characters. Yeah. Like, the most... They're learning the most. They're growing the most. They're they're making the most decisions that they wouldn't have made the episode before. It's really cool. It's so much fun. The jokes are really good, except for the amount of Florida jokes. There's at least a couple of good Florida I, jokes. I, just... I do think they're good Florida jokes. And I also think that, like you said, the jokes are good. Like, uh, you know, the Chipotle joke, or not Chipotle, the, the Chick-fil-A joke, like, the first time I heard that, I cracked up really hard. The second time I heard that, it was, it was like, oh, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was painful. Um, but also just, like, you know, we, we talked about it, right? This broke me. Uh, now I'm on antibiotics. That's my birthday. Like, there, the, like this season there is... There are some ex- very good gifts that came uh, out of this season, oh, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, Michael being, you know, Michael talking about how he's an FBI agent, and this season is very funny. Uh, and yeah. it, it has... I would say this season has... I think I said this during our pre-recording. This is the best season of The Good Place where all the best episodes are in season four, but I don't know that they would have been the best episodes if season three wasn't so good. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm also like an ending person. Like, Return of the Jedi, my favorite Star Wars movie. Just unequivocally, my favorite Star Wars movie. So obviously my favorite episodes are in season four of The Good Place, but th- th- this is the Empire Strikes Back of The Good Place, and it, it does a really good job. What it, season two is just like not a part of this narrative. <laughs> it, well, it's so funny because like season two is just a repeat because of season one. Of the Death Star, it's absolutely discovering they're in the bad place, right? In an well, analog, right? It, no, absolutely. And like season two is also just a repeat of season one 30 times, right? Like more or the, less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's uh, a yeah, like I. I don't really know what season two of the good place is. I don't remember what we rated it, but it clearly it's the worst season. And that's okay. I, I think that Janet is really great in that season. And I think we both Janet might've been on both of our favorite characters in that season. And, and there were some great moments, but season three is, I mean, Janet causes most of the things that happen in season two. Yeah. So, all right. I think, I think is this the first double five we've given. Maybe we might have given double fives to season one for what it's worth. We could also have a spreadsheet. Mm, there might have been this. like a season of the of Avatar, the Last Airbender, that we agreed on. Oh, for double we fives. did give double fives in season. We might have done that twice. It was season. it was book three, right? Yeah, like, or, yeah, yeah. Or book yeah. two, I mean, book two. Either way, I love the season. Wes loves the season. We hope you enjoy this episode a little longer than I expected. I expected this to be a short episode. But, uh, you know, when you're talking about philosophy, who knows what's going to happen. I hope that everybody tries tomorrow to lift the person up next to them. If there's one thing that season three of The Good Place taught us, it's that it's what we owe to each other. You're also allowed to do that to you. Hey, man, I try. Like, if, if you're the person who really needs it, be there for you. Also... If you are going to be kind to yourself for the sake of being kind to yourself, be kind to yourself for the sake of the people who love you. Because right. they'll be happier about it. You can find me at Spencer13H. You can find West at, at East. What? I'm, I'm honestly astonished you're still trying to do it yourself. 
Well, I have it on the screen now. It's East Monotone with two N's and an E. And an underscore. Oh, all right. East underscore Monotone. You know what? I'm just... You can like the podcast, subscribe wherever you're watching. Uh, it looks like our listener number went back up um, last couple of weeks. It's pretty great to see that. Uh, it, you know, the best way to support this podcast, we talk about the Patreon. But honestly, if you just shared the show, like you've enjoyed it. Uh, and also to, I think it was James on Twitter tweeted at me this week that it is not just my friends who like Star Wars, who know that I like Star Wars, but everyone who interacts with me that knows that I like it West. Would you agree with that? Am I that obvious about it? You're pretty darn obvious about it. Um, it's easier in Need to Nerd where you mention it three times an episode. But I have only mentioned it once. This oh, No, wait, hold on. I mentioned... <laughs> wait a second. I just mentioned Return of the Jedi. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, you can review the show. If you're, if you're watching, you get a chance to review the show. It actually helps the show a lot. And um, as somebody who is a part of a podcast that got, you know, 14 reviews on its first episode, uh, if you're listening to the show anywhere and you get the chance to review, it would mean the world to us. Uh, I just want to. This is also just a secret to podcasts, by the way, which is that if you love a podcast, reviews are the thing that matters most to it basically always. Yep, absolutely. It will help us immensely. Um, But everyone who's listening right now, just know that you made 2020 better for me. This is our last episode of the year, and who knows what will happen when that clock strikes midnight and the ball drops in New York. Maybe it'll be over, and we'll just – the simulation ends. Oh, I don't know if I can watch. Like, I, I really hope there's no, like, Times Square crowds for this New Year's. The, the like, simulation I, I, I ends. Roller Coaster that. Tycoon is over. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll be back next ends. week with the end of Legend of Korra. As we finish out one of our series, it's been a long journey in 2020, and we appreciate you guys coming along for the ride. Bye, everyone. Just making Spencer wait. Yeah, well, I thought you were going to say something, but is that it? Is that the whole thing you're doing? All right, goodbye.